Hello, I'm Samia Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher, author, filmmaker, and the founder of Fempeak. On this podcast, I speak to some of the most brilliant minds of our time to help us navigate emerging technologies leading to a socioeconomic singularity. Today's podcast is a super fun episode where I interview the two lovely community managers at Moonbirds, a fantastic NFT community that I managed to mint. I'm thrilled to be part of this community and I asked the two ladies who run their Discord server to join me for a chat. We discuss why they created a space for the ladybirds on the server and why most female-led projects seem to struggle to gain as much traction as some of the other blue chips in the NFT space. I also showed them Fempeak's NFTs and we brainstormed what we're planning to do to encourage men to support the project and build allyship. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. Before we start, let me tell you a few words about our sponsor for today's show. Meta Brew Society, founded by Holger Manwiller, is the first project that builds a utility bridge between NFTs and the metaverse and a legacy industry. Every Meta Brew Society NFT grants its holder unseen IRL utility of up to 300 cans of free craft beer per year in perpetuity, voting rights on the business decisions and access to exclusive brewing classes and beer tastings. The idea of the ladybirds, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because we've got a, a really nice little community there of ladybirds. You know, that's one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about because I'm building a platform and it's focused on closing the gap between formal education, you know, universities and emerging technologies. Uh, and we happen to be women-led. So tell me a little bit about your journey. What's your real name, Stevie? <laughs> Uh, my real name is Amanda. I can imagine that if you came into the Discord with Amanda, maybe people would have treated you in a different way. Yes. Yeah. And I can see that when you are, uh, that's why I didn't, I couldn't tell that you were a woman from your writing. The yeah. way that you respond to people um, and the way that you handle 9,000 men, like 9,900 men, like you literally handle them. <laughs> You're like, guys, let's keep it, you know, civil. Let's do oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, I saw a, a post also from Soda Pop. What's your real name, Soda Pop? Sonia. Sonia, yes. So, so Soda Pop was like, uh, I, I really like Stevie and Soda Pop. I'm going to stick with those. <laughs> I, think, I, I like them. Uh, I think they're they're quite cool. But, you know, uh, Soda Pop was also saying, uh, she. I remember she posted something about, I think it was when we were talking about um, Ryan and you you mentioned, you know, let's keep it civil, you know, and, and like uh -huh. be, be friendly and all that stuff. Um, I really like the way that you are handling 9,900 men. <laughs> Because I think I think there are only less than a hundred ladybirds, right? I would, I would say. Probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds about right. The, yeah. the little ladybird uh, channel is so nice. It's so it moves slower. I love kind of going in there and just reading and just making. I mean, there's never anything to moderate in that in that channel. Everyone is civil and has really interesting conversations, and uh, I'm just loving that that we're able to to give that little space for you guys. Yeah, it's true. It's it's such a respectable place where people actually speak about NFTs and 
it's so uplifting. You see women extending hands to one another to kind of push them forward and and Moonbirds and other projects. Because I see how everybody has been trying to um, get together also to talk about the project, which I think is really wonderful. The unity that that's there in the Lady yes. Moonbirds. It's so it's really nice. It, like Amanda says, it's pleasant to walk in there and go, oh, very so friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I go, okay, there's another fire I have to go put out. So I'm going to go there instead. <laughs> I would love to hang out here. This is so nice. Everything's yeah, good. I mean, when we first got in, um, we had, uh, you know, a pretty strict uh, Discord, um, uh, like, reorg that we had to do. So it was already kind of set up of how we were going to reorganize the Discord and get it ready for Moonbirds. And, um, you know, one of the big directives was to just try to keep it as small as possible um, because, you know, a little insider secret for you the proof section the proof collective section is vast it's a lot there's a lot of channels there's a lot of stuff there uh the moonbirds is the way that i would prefer it to be honest it's nice and clean there's not too many places to go um but we had to kind of keep that in in mind when we were creating the moonbird section and there weren't a lot of things that we could kind of expand on because we just wanted to see how the community was going to grow and what kind of channels we would expand once we figure that out, which is how the Proof Collective side got to. The reason why it's that way is because we've been able to kind of figure out what are the more you know important channels that this community that's already been formed needs. Um, but because we were women, because we were um, you know getting a lot of messages from from people telling us how excited they are to see us on the team, um, because we were kind of getting that. It was just so important to me to kind of argue for that uh, immediately. You know, the rest of the other channels that are coming are going to happen in time. But I was like, I think it would be really important for us to create that space for for the ladies. And I think everyone kind of flocked to it. And, you know, it, it's great. I'm so happy that we were able to do that. And I'm so happy that, you know, you, you as a holder can see that and enjoy I love that. it. Yes. So was it your idea then? It was my idea. Yeah. Amazing. No, I love it. Um, I think if we didn't have that, I wouldn't have spent as much time in Discord because now, because we have the Ladybirds channel, I felt comfortable enough that now I spend a lot of time on the main lounge. Um, you know, do you see what I mean? Like, okay. and this is what I explained to our members at Fempeak and, and to one, some of our colleagues. I said that, I feel a lot more confident since I created Fempeak because we have got this, this space that women are in leadership. Even if we have men on the platform, even if we have men as speakers now as well, you know, we are really encouraging the male allyship. Having that space with women made me more confident. And, and I, I consider myself generally a very confident person. You know, I go, I've been giving international talks you know going all the way to japan to you know uh, like um, flying all over the world giving talks etc but still there's something about being in that women uh, space and and feeling like you have that like you know whenever it gets too boisterous in the you know main channel i can always just go to the other channel and say hey lady bears you know how are you doing <laughs> you know and i would love to see for us to be I see an opportunity for a spin-off from Ladybirds. 
there is an opportunity here to do something. You know, Proof has got the opportunity to stand for, you know, none of the other big projects have done it. You know, like Bored Apes haven't done anything like that. You know, Punks haven't done anything like that. Uh, you know, Azuki hasn't done anything like that. I think there is an opportunity for one of these um, uh, blue chips to really uplift, you know, and, and bring in a lot more women into the space. I love that idea. So we actually next Thursday have uh, a spaces with um, the Moonbirds women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, the people, they're people, team members on like BFF and a couple other, and I think Hug um, and just some other people who are, I think mostly from web two. Um, so they're very similar to the current, you know, um, audience of proof already. Right. But they're women. And so it's like an incredible group of women. They've all kind of gotten together. I think they've been starting to do a couple of spaces and we're going to be on there, uh, next Thursday. Um, so I think you guys should absolutely connect and I would love to grow, this idea of ladybirds or moodbirds, women or whatever, I think that's a great idea. I think ladybirds is such a nice name. Birds, it's got yeah. a, it's got a really good ring, you know. Uh, it's got a really good tone to it, and yeah. um, you know, and and I would love it uh, if we spin off something from that. You know, I, I think there's a there's a really good chance for branding. There are a few look. Uh, I know that women, one of the issues with women is that one of the reasons why I think women's NFTs is not taking off, even all the women look at it right now, like, you know, like less than six ETH, right? And I also have a BFF. I think there's definitely an opportunity to bring in all these women communities, you know, and and collaborate with blue chips, you know, uh, especially now that we are in Moonbirds with Ladybirds, you know, and, and try and do a some kind of a spin-off where we um, really support each other and and we encourage. I know so many women who got into the NFTs because of all the women. You know, it was their first NFT. You know, mm-hmm. and and so many women have gotten into. Uh, you know, from our side of things, we have got. We now have sixty thousand women in our uh, mailing list, and we didn't when we started out. With the way we built our community was all through cold outreach because I have a big following on LinkedIn. So we started with my LinkedIn following and cold outreach. So I've got eighty thousand followers in LinkedIn. So we reached out to all of these people and said, "Hey." You know, we are building this platform. And in the beginning, we weren't talking about Web3 and NFTs because we felt like people were not ready for it. So we were just talking about technology and business. And as they came in, we started then around November last year, we started introducing NFTs and and, and Web3. And now we have got this 60,000 people in our mailing list that maybe out of the 60,000, only about 500 have got a crypto wallet. But those 500, they created their uh, crypto wallet with us. We've got about 900 uh, premium members and out of them, about half of them have created their wallets. And everybody else, uh, they know that they qualify for a free NFT airdrop, but they still haven't created their wallets and we're still teaching them, right? So Mm -hmm. women are, um, much slower to adopt new technologies. Generally speaking, they're not early adopters. Um, but that's okay. Uh, that's okay. You know, we we need to work at their pace. But at the same time, I'm worried that we're going to be left behind. You know, so that's another another thing. So tell me about your journey. So the pop, why don't you tell me about your journey? About um, how did you get into Web three? Like what 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 were you doing before? 
Uh, I actually was a VP for a hair care company that was international domestic. Um, I took a step down after COVID and with the pandemic uh, to stay home with my children uh, just because I was traveling so much. I was worried about um, everything that was happening with the health scare uh, with COVID. And so I felt it was safer for me to, to be home. And so I, I did that. Um, and my wife actually started getting into NFT. She's an artist. And so um, she was building her art portfolio uh, connected to other groups. And uh, and I started watching what she was doing. I was really fascinated with it. I mean, because I love art too. I mean, I, I, I draw and I do little things here and there, but I'm not a great artist, <laughs> but not like my wife. Um, but I, I saw the impact of the NFT world and where it was going. And I honestly fell in love with it. So when the opportunity um, arose with Moonbirds, um, my wife connected with Ryan and I got to talk to him and now I'm here, which is amazing. Um, and it's being a part of proof is really great. I mean, to see Kevin and Justin and the rest of the team really embrace Amanda and I um, hear our voices allow us to be the voice for a discord is really amazing. I mean, it, it, we have given been given a, a, a platform to really help build a, a good community between men and women and women and women and really kind of give exposure to something that really hasn't been exposed to a lot of women and say, hey, you can be a part of this. You can be heard. You can build from this. You can be part of a community to where you can make money and you can really grow within and do your own projects and feel safe with it and feel okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been really, really, really very lucky to be put in the position that we've been put in because of, you know, people being very open-minded to being inclusive to women being a part of their journey, yes. which is really wonderful. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, I feel very safe in the moonbird community you know not just in the ladybirds but in even in the main lounge despite all the you know uh despite all the men you know being like really oh my god the speed <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> the speed i can't keep up i'm like <laughs> i can't keep up i think it's more the fact that a lot of <laughs> nft holders are like 22 than necessarily the boy energy. I think it's just like, it's just crazy young young kid energy when it gets really crazy. I feel like I'm imagining a bunch of kids in college maybe, you know, um, just going crazy. And then you get certain times of the day where you can tell that there's like some older like adults our age in there having like slower conversations. I feel like I'm in there all day. So I can see the like shifts and stuff. And I feel like it's like, oh yeah, the kids are here, you know? <laughs> How many hours do you spend there per day? Because you are there all the time. All the time. I, the time. Uh, we have the schedule. We're not there all day. We don't have to, the way that we do it is like an, uh, an overlapping. So I start at about six in the morning and I'm wow. there until two. And then uh, Sonia will pick it up from two to 10 or so. Okay. And um, we have days off, but I'm there all the time because I'm a big community person. Um, I have, you know, my own 
discord server in my own like group of friends and and so I'm already kind of there all the time anyway so even if I'm not working if somebody pings me it just feels like hard to you know not answer them you know so I just I just go in and answer and then come vibe for a little bit um and then you know just continue doing whatever I'm doing but I'm discord's like always open for me anyway so it's yeah you guys are there all the time so going back to this question of um you know, uh, women's uh, projects, you know, when you look at price, right, price-wise, like why the price is just not, you know, like the problem is that, look, I know women most of the time don't like to talk about money, but you have to, because if you don't talk about money, you are not going to be building a business and people are not going to invest in it. People are not going to buy it. So we need to stop that, right? So I, I keep telling damn people because you know women are afraid to ask for money they're afraid to you know um to talk about money you know and i think it's important that um uh, that we end that uh and one of the ways we can do that is by collaborating by creating you know really unique collaborations not just with other women but with other other things other you know possibilities right so, for example, uh, one of my biggest clients, well, my biggest client is more, uh, is, sorry, is um, Steinway, Steinway Pianos. Um, and, you know, obviously, um, most expensive pianos in the world. They haven't done anything with NFTs yet. And I'm trying to teach them and explain to them about NFTs and, you know, uh, what they, they have a, a type of piano which plays itself. It's quite spooky. It's really, really interesting. So I can see that being a really big play in the metaverse concert type of thing. So like you have Lang Lang play in China and, you know, you would have that in, in the metaverse and there's so many things that they can do my cats. <laughs> um, but um, I came into Moonbirds as a Moonbird holder. One way of doing it is like, you just sit there and wait for the price, you know, uh, changes or, or whatever, or it's like, you can go out there and you can talk to people and you can do things and create possibilities. So I'm already thinking about like, we need a Moonbird Steinway, you know, <laughs> like, like I can see an opportunity possibility there. And, and like, you know, uh, like we have um, through Steinway, we have filmed like Madonna's pianist, you know, we've done, uh, they've got a really interesting uh, limited edition thing they did with uh, Lenny Kravitz. Because since I, I'm just thinking my, my imagination is going wild, right? And I'm thinking about if we do some kind of a lady birdie type of thing, you know, it could be an opportunity to kind of like, like Lady Gaga is a, a Steinway artist. You know, like there's so many opportunities to get out of the um, uh, the NFT community, you know, because right now I feel like the NFT community is too insular and we are all sort of like uh, every time there's a release, people put it on different discords and it's like always within the NFT community. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe it could be an opportunity, maybe women, because we have a different approach, because we are so social, you know, that maybe we could bring nfts to the wider world so as women how long have you been in web3 i wonder whether you have come across have you thought about some of these opportunities do you see things that that could be done differently yeah i have so many thoughts uh on what you said first step is the first thing that kind of stood out to me was i love your enthusiasm for wanting to like connect moonbirds to something else or expand it in one way and that is i think 
one of the things that we're starting to notice about the Moonbird holders or that they are something about Moonbirds or something about the kind of people they meet here are want, wanting to collaborate, to create something bigger, to do something bigger with their Moonbirds to celebrate their Moonbirds. And I don't think that's something that you see immediately you know, with a lot of projects. I've been in a lot of projects and it doesn't feel as like, all right, let's go, let's do a meetup already. Let's do, you know, let's make chapstick already. Like there's already people making stuff, which is amazing. And we're two weeks old, you know? Um, and so I absolutely love that. And, you know, another thing that I want to say about, you know, women NFTs is it's so hard I am, I tend to be, even though I absolutely love being a woman and I love where I, I am, when I'm investing in an NFT, I'm pretty bearish long-term on a woman PFP because mm -hmm. it's, it just never, the floor never sticks because their profile pictures, the 10K collection, when I bet there aren't 10K women in the space who all like the same art, uh, to, to actually use it as a PFP so that, because that's the reason why PFPs are so good. It's advertising right away. It makes you, you, you connect to the art and you wanna make it your PFP. And so there's a lot of men who buy and trade lady PFPs, but they don't you ever use them as a, as a profile picture. You know, I think WOW has been doing really well lately because you can kind of see, you know, uh, more women entering the space. So there are more of them using it but you don't see that many men who use WOW as their profile pictures, a few, but not very many, right? And so I think that's probably leading to the decline in these women PFPs, right? Another thing is that for whatever reason, when we think about onboarding women onto NFTs, we're just thinking about women as a whole, you know, like men have We've got sports NFTs, we've got gaming NFTs, we've got, you know, all these anime, cute pictures, all of these things for all these different options for women and for men. And then when it comes to a woman project, it's usually a pink, poppy, you know, kind of vibe, right? And it, it it's really kind of targeting some targety, literally target brand woman thing. It feels very one lane. I've seen a, a few really good ones, but in terms of popularity, right? It's always those. Every single time I see a woman PFP, it's some pink thing, right? Yeah. I like pink, but not that much. Um, and I think that finding the right kind of women, because I'm, I'm one of those oddities that I've always embraced technology super early. Always, I worked at, at Best Buy, which is like a electronic store, you know, in high school and through college. I've always been really into computers and technology and embracing all of that. So it made sense for me to embrace uh, stock trading, crypto, and now NFTs. And that is the audience that we need to get. Maybe not people who have even done crypto yet, but some people who think they are technologically, more technologically savvy than other women. Because that is, that's the people who, I mean, those are the men too, who are also in crypto. They probably would consider themselves more, more technologically savvy than the mo like than most people or financially savvy enough to like, under you know, understand money and crypto and wanting to do that. So th those are the people, those are the men who are in this. And I feel like whenever we try to target women, I don't know if very many people are 
going that way, you know? And yeah, I think there's just there are not enough women getting not, Yeah. And those, those, that, that audience might be well-served in projects that are not typically women, right? Most, for me, my longest holds are things that are uh, things that supposed to be for everybody it's not necessarily one thing or another like cyber brokers is men and women and you know I'm I love them and and that would be a long hold for me rather than a super girly profile picture right so it's like so I found a way to 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 find the nft for me but it didn't include it being all about women so I love this idea of expanding the woman base within already kind of created projects like Moonbirds. Like it, Moonbirds doesn't have to, doesn't have to lean masculine. It could lean completely 50-50 and we could live in harmony and learn from each other and learn and grow. And that's what I think is really important is to try to target, find those women who wanna come into your project rather than create a project for an umbrella of women who you know may not even get along. It may not even be a vibe, right? So you gotta like match the vibes and then expand the kind of people who go in there. Do you know? I yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That's so true. And so what what we did with our project, it's basically what we are saying is that we've got ten thousand women, and then they are going to be matched with men. So there will be like the next project is going to have men. So you have to hold the woman, kind of like the the nesting. Mm-hmm. So you nest it for. So, so once we release it, it's going to be like you nest it. Maybe we need a n- different name for it because they're not birds, you know, what, but we need a different, uh, you know, way of explaining it. What it is too, is I think it's the way projects are marketed. So yeah. I think if we as women pigeonhole ourselves also yes. um, in our projects, sometimes the inclusivity isn't there either. Exactly. So the participation isn't as, a, as wide and broad as we want it to be. Exactly. So I think um, when projects are being placed forth, um, I think we have to be more open-minded into how inclusive we want our projects to be. Um, And that will help build a bigger platform for us also. But we should be okay at the same time to provide a feminine platform for ourselves. There Mm -hmm. there should be a nice balance between the two because I think that um, when men build platforms and they build projects, um, they're able to do it both ways. And as women, we should be able to do it both ways and be supported exactly. in either way. Because we have Goss who's doing something that's not so feminine. It's more in the tattoo artwork that's really beautiful and beautifully done. Um, and that's really inclusive. It's including men and women as far as the art is concerned. Yeah. So I think when we build projects like that, it really helps build a better platform for all of us too. Inclusivity is really important whether it's female or male. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that we have trying, we're trying to do is like to try and imagine what these women would look like if they were men, you okay. know, which is kind of fun. And I think nobody has done that again. Um, so this is the original picture when I was in a band and then that's what the drawing. So now it's quite cool now, as I, I was talking to the team, what they're doing now is that they're, um, adding like jaws for me and like uh, you know turning me into a man like adding more shoulder you know and and I think it's it's kind of a a fun take on you know diversity and like thinking about how can we uh, like what would I look like if I was a man you know that and 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 then of course some of them some of those also will have 
LGBT um, partners. So not all the women will be having a male partner. Some of them will have, you know, like um, non-binary or, or female partner, but there will be majority men in the next collection. And, and we really want to, I think this is something nobody else has done. We really want to encourage the idea of male support and, and male, um, you know, and then like if you have men, you know, using that as their picture, uh, profile picture, you know, like then that could be something that and also like the target audience is like more of the people who are interested in science and technology, um, you know, so not necessarily just art, um, you know, like uh, drawing art, you know, but like actually just I'm really always thinking about how can we bring in people from other industries, because, you know, around the world right now, only 300 million people have a crypto wallet and out of those 300 million, only 1 million have got NFTs. So the NFT community is very, very, very small, right? Like out of 8 billion people, nearly 8 billion people, only 1 million people have got any NFTs. And um, it's a really small community if you think about it. So, so that's why I'm trying to, uh, so my, my bigger, biggest, bigger goal on a, like a bigger picture is not necessarily about NFTs. It's about technology. You know, like I'm, I'm interested in how technology is changing humanity. And I want people to take an active participation role rather than being a passive observer. Because if we are a passive observer, what happens is that we don't have a say in how these technologies are, are being shaped and how they're going to change our future. I, I wanted to ask, do you have children? Um, uh, I know that Soda Pop, you said you have children, yeah? Yes, I have two. Two kids. Two. And, and uh, how about you, Amanda? I have one. I have one. Oh. Uh, my son, he's going to be three in June. How do you feel about the fact that he's going to be living in a completely different world to the one that you grew up in? He already was. He already is, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I was born in Nigeria. I've, uh, you know, lived here since I was eight, but, you know, um, and I'm, you know, the kid of a, of a single parent and we had to, you know, struggle, not a little bit, not a lot, but, you know, my mom worked, it was just us two growing up and, um, you know, I'm married, I have a beautiful house, you know, things are good, things are always good. Um, and now I have this opportunity to really kind of change the game and bring this general generational wealth that people you know kind of talk about with crypto um and so not only is like technology absolutely going to affect how he's going to move in the you know in the future but just every single day i think about all of these you know all the different ways my kid is going to grow up you know so much differently and so have so many more opportunities so i'm really you know excited about that but um but with technology it's wild because we we joke because we have this um automatic trash can where you just like you wave it and it opens and he'll just he i don't think he's figured out that you wave he just goes in front of it and he goes open please and it, like <laughs> open. And then he'll just be like, close, close. And then eventually he'll close and he'll be like, he thinks it's magic or something, right? And I'm like, it's so wild. That's a, all he will ever know is this automatic trash can. Like, and there's gonna be so many little different ways like that where it's just gonna be all he knows. Um, and wow. he loves looking at my moonbird and he loves calling every single owl moonbird. And 
um, that that damn moonbird might change his life. Who knows? You know, and I think so, so. I think yeah. so. It's entirely yeah. possible. I think, you know, like uh, hopefully when I get a chance to speak to Kevin at some point, I want to I want to ask him whether he would have thought the impact that it has made already and the impact that it may make over the coming years. I know it can't be, I, can't, I know that he can't, couldn't have imagined this, mm -hmm. you know, I think, you know, and from the things that he's kind of talked about was he really just thought that he was going to be able to continue his regular cadence working full-time at True Ventures and doing proof part-time and, you know, wanted to do Moonbirds and just as a, a little drop, a little 10K, let's just see what happens. And then it absolutely blew up, you know, and then that's where he had to kind of change things up and go full-time proof. And I don't think that if he thought about that, that he wouldn't, he would have, you know, it would have, that that uh, transition would have been smoother, right? But it seemed like it had to be a decision that he had to make, like, all right, I can see the writing on the wall. I can see where this is going. And so I have to, you know, devote my my time to it. And I think that was a super smart move for sure. But yeah. it's it's wild to, to him. And it's, yeah, it's uh, incredible how as humans, we, we sometimes take actions that we have no idea how it impacts, you know, other, other people and the way like the um, some of the letters emails that I get from some of our members the way that they their lives have been changed through learning about crypto and and NFTs like it's it's incredible and so some of them are saying that now every night like they go uh, they're like lying in bed uh, shopping for NFTs well not necessarily window shopping for NFTs right and they're like in the past it used to be clothes <laughs> now, <laughs> you know clothes shopping <laughs> but now they're like looking at NFTs these so um so about your kids how, how old are they i have one that's seven and another that's two and a half and he's special needs he's uh autistic which is amazing I'm autistic. to live in his world oh are you really yeah, yeah I, and, I mean it's both autism it, and adhd oh i mean it's it's incredible to see his journey and what he goes through he's nonverbal right now um so he's going through speech therapy and ot therapy um, and to see his development, see him, see his, how he views the world, even at two is really amazing. His ability to, his form of communication, his way of expressing how he feels has been really eye-opening for my wife and I, and including my son. Um, really, he's teaching us more than he knows, even without the ability to communicate uh, by just him being himself. And it's been a really beautiful journey for all of us. To that's see him amazing. be so strong. Mm -hmm. That's and look, I, I I am so excited about the possibility, the potential for NFTs to impact so many things. And another area that I really am very passionate about is mental health, because I have ADHD, a very pretty severe ADHD, not as severe autism, but some mild to moderate. And of course, you know, I have learned to manage it, and it's just incredible uh, human diversity of mm -hmm. um, you know the diversity of human mental abilities uh, you know we you know some people call it disabilities I don't believe that you know you're you have a disability because you have a mental health um, right. you know um, divergence right or maybe what do you call it neurodivergence right just because you have some kind of neurodivergence it's just right. you are differently able. You know, I don't necessarily think that it's like, you know, there are things that I really can't do. That's why I have my team, you know, they help me, you know, but there are things that I'm really, really good at, you know? So mm -hmm. 
um, uh, so I think that definitely there is an opportunity for you know like collections that are specifically about raising uh, awareness and like I can see that being like visually trying to visually show what an ADHD kid, you know like maybe maybe an ADHD bird you know like what, what does it look like right you know like like <laughs> it's, it's true because I think a lot of people don't have a lot of understanding of a lot of um, mental health issues, whether it be depression, anxiety, ADHD, autism, doesn't matter what it is. I think that um, people need to understand that even though their voice sometimes isn't as loud, their perspective and how they want to live is still silently loud. That can be just as loud. The silence sometimes can be just as loud, but how how much are you paying attention to that? Mm-hmm. You know, are we willing to, it's kind of like art, you look at art and you see it for what it is, or are you really looking at what it is, you know, because someone is not explaining it to you doesn't mean that there is some true passion behind it. There's a, there's a message there. Yeah. And I think that even though people sometimes don't have a loud voice, doesn't mean that they don't have a message. They do, but we all need to pay attention so if we pay attention to those little things, then we'll start to understand as humans how we can connect with one another. And whether it be through art, whether it be through language, whether it be through any source of communication, I think if people just really kind of stop and pause for a minute and really take a deep breath and really look before they speak, I think they'll start to see that there's a lot more powerful things being said. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think the key here is any kind of one of these, whether it's a, whatever the cause is, whether it's about, you know, mental health, whether it's about empowering people of um, diverse backgrounds, whatever it is, there, the, for it to work, that art, that, um, you know, whatever that collection is, it needs to be treated as a business and it needs to have a, a, a you know, because we want people like Amanda to look at it and say, I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to be bullish on it. You know, if, if, if she says that I'm bearish on anything women, of course, that's never going to work, right? Because that's a reality. So we need to make these things profitable. You know, mm-hmm. it's the world we live in. So whatever we do, that needs to be fun and profitable. And it needs to be something that people like speculate on, you know, and, and get excited about. You know, I, I have learned so much from being in the lounge and just like watching the conversation people were like like day one they were like when moon yeah <laughs> i know you i know. know when amanda speaks everybody listens so if amanda likes a project people are gonna be watching <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to they, they you. know she has good taste yes you know, whatever yeah. she's bullish on you, you better follow it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was wild to see that it was wild to see how it just day one everyone is just ready to analyze everything and try to figure out, you know, what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. You can't even just enjoy the ride. This is a wild ride, you know, but that's just the part of the mentality, the psychology of NFTs. And that's what I'm starting to really realize. I think that's why I like it so much um, because it feels very predictable, but the emotions really take over and, uh, you know, then you catch yourself making some of the same mistakes over and over again or or whatever, but the emotions can really play a huge part in, in NFTs like 
in an NFT like success completely or drama or anything that's going on. There's just so many different ways to, uh, you know, affect volume or affect the perception of a project. And I think that's super, super fascinating. Um, and so it doesn't bother me that that's just one thing that people want to kind of focus on with, with price. I think it just, it just oh, going to take some time. It's just exciting. It's fun. I even talked about it in my TED talk. I, I showed the pr- floor price. Did you see in my, in my TED talk? I actually yeah, yeah. put a screenshot and I, and because it was, I had to put it in the last night just before my talk. So I had to actually uh, you know like really actually make an argument with them that like please can you let me change my slides because I wanted to show the latest price <laughs> you know it's wild it's wild I, I don't even look at it anymore the, the floor price but yeah. you know I just feel like we're gonna we're gonna you know fluctuate a few ETH you know every every few days and that's okay but I get it. I totally get why, you know, that's why people. Why it was people so are. funny. Everybody was telling me I would sell now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, at the, oh, at the Ted talk. I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a lot of money. It's a, yeah. It's they a- were like, why are you not selling? Like, you know, after I finished my talk and, and also the night before when we went for dinner with all the speakers and I was telling them, so I was going around the room and telling people, do you have a MetaMask wallet? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to explain, do you have an NFT? Do you know, do you have any crypto? Uh, like literally like went around the room, there were like about 20 people in, in that room. And I was like going around with like a little, because I said, I made a bet with somebody. I said, I bet you that in this room, there will be like more, no more than maybe maximum two people who even have any crypto. And this was like, we are talking about a TED talk, right? So these are all people who are, who are like the, the word TED, the first word is technology. So you would think that like people would have, you know, would, would have that. And, um, and I went around the room and asked everybody and out of about 22 people or so, um, there was like one person who had, crypto and another person who had created a wallet but didn't have any crypto and 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 nobody had any nfts so so i was like trying to explain to them and they were like i would sell now (laughs) (laughs) i was like no no i'm not selling i'm not selling they were like why are you not selling i said it's not about money i want to be in the community (laughs) that's 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 the like crazy psychology part of it right that people would still hold when the floor could change their life, you know, selling today. Yeah. And it's, it's just so interesting. It's so interesting. It's so me. interesting. You say that. Yeah. So we, uh, so actually this week I had a bit of a bad news because we had been shortlisted for a fund by a big organization that I will not mention here, but, um, and it was only $200,000. So we've already raised 1 million and uh, we, have, we need to raise another 400,000 to finish this round. And we were shortlisted for this fund, for, which was 200,000. And uh, we didn't get it, we, you know, that's fine, but they were not ready yet to invest in something that's going to Web3. They're like more traditional. Um, but like my Moonbird is like, if I sold it at the top, that's like almost the money that I needed. You know? <laughs> but I didn't sell it. I was like, no, I find the money somewhere else. You know, like I get, I get sponsors, whatever. I'm not selling my Moonbird. But then we wouldn't have this conversation, right? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about the long term because I can see that 
look, I'm building a business around Web3 and NFTs. I want to be in this ecosystem, I, you know, and especially with, with the ladybirds. I think that we've got a real opportunity. We can do stuff, you know, so, so like that's so much more um, interesting to me. Well, so this has been fascinating. I, I really appreciate you sharing all of this with me. Amanda, how long have you been in the, in the um, Web3 space? Um, I've been trading crypto for a couple of years, um, and started with NFTs in like June of last year. Okay. So, you know, in the crypt, in the, in the NFT space, that's kind of a long time, but not mm. like super long, you so know, it's not like even it a year, not even a year, but I remember I was in there right after board apes launched board apes launched in april of last year right so so you are already an og <laughs> started in april and then my friend who minted one just wouldn't stop talking about it and i was still in stocks back then and by the time by june uh when the floor was like at like 50 or something crazy like that i was like all right name me, let me get into nfts so it was it was board apes like crazy rise that like brought me in but it feels like it's been so long since Board Apes launched. It, there's so many things that have happened since then. Um, mm -hmm. And my life has completely changed from June to, to now, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. Where do you see this going? Do you think that there's going to be more Moonbirds, more Board Apes, or do you think that this is it? Like there won't be big projects coming in? I think the era of undoxed, uh, project teams is over. I think Board Apes will probably be the last greatest time where just a bunch of scrappy kids can get together and create a blue chip. I don't think that's going to happen, you know, moving forward. I think whatever the next blue chip will be, will be doxed, um, solid teams, yeah. you know, with- It's a know, business. It's a business. People who know how to build a business. Yeah. With also a tie to the Web3 world, which is why I think Kevin is doing so well with this because he already built Proof Collective. He's already shown his deep passion and he's got his podcast. He's already shown his deep passion into Web3 and he already has that VC background. So if this is where the world is going and more larger corporations are getting into NFTs, um, you're going to want that those OGs who've been here since the beginning and are doing something like a business, like the rest of these new NFTs will be doing. And that's what I yeah. think that proof and everything that they're doing are just primed to be the next thing. And then in the future, I think we're probably going to get, you know, you saw other side, it's a hundred thousand, it's going to get to 200,000. I think in the future, it's just going to be a ton, like huge collections, 50 to a hundred thousand and they're going to be cheaper and yeah. a lot of them are going to be like branded yeah. um and then yeah. you know maybe we'll get more artists on like super rare or foundation away from open sea and then it becomes a if you want art art there's like a different platform or a smaller group of people still doing that and then most of the ways that people will make money is probably like off of these like little branded giant collection kind of things coca-cola will do one and it'll be huge yeah. And, yeah i think amanda's absolutely right i think mm -hmm. main street is really kind of seeing what's happening in the nft world and kind of mm -hmm. like that old saying you know with retail wall you know wall street is going down to main street i think it's happening now with nfts nfts are going or main street is blending in with nfts and so we're going to definitely see a different direction and where they're going to go i think um they're starting to see the value of it yeah um 
And so I think it's really going to change and how um, it's all going to be done. It's going to be really fascinating to see. I think so. Uh, how they integrate, uh, you know, and how, um, you know, just how it's going to move forward. Yeah, I think so. And um, the way I see it, NFTs are the next generation of digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. You know, like, so it's a way for you to, you see, one of the biggest problems in social media right now is that, let's, for example, I mentioned this earlier to somebody on Discord because they were like, so and so they don't have a big Twitter. So it's not all about Twitter. Like, for example, I have a big following on uh, LinkedIn, but I don't have a big following on Twitter. You know, it's like I'm literally since getting my moonbird, I started to become more. I've had, I've always had a Twitter that I just post off whatever I post on LinkedIn. The team just posted on my Twitter. I wasn't really active. I wasn't looking at my Twitter every day, but now I look at it every day. But that, but the problem, one of the biggest problems with social media is that you build a community on one platform and then when you go somewhere else, you don't have that platform anymore. You don't have that community anymore. Whereas with NFTs, people can, as long as they have it in their wallet, they can log in anywhere and they will they will follow you. So then it doesn't matter which platform you go, wherever you go, you will have the you will have your your following with you. Oh yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I think I think that NFTs are the future of social media uh, or you know uh, uh, digital marketing anyway thank you so much for, uh, to both of you i know that you need to probably get back to this court yes <laughs> i do i have to get back to my son he's he's got a summit flu so i just want to make sure oh, he's okay poor thing okay so so uh, thank you so much for your time and i look forward to speaking to you uh on on discord and then i'll find you thank you so much for having me thank you thank you thank you so thank much, you so much. I really loved this conversation with Amanda, aka Stevie, and Sonia, who goes by the nickname Soda Pop. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full reviews are also available on my YouTube channel.